Hey, I just want to welcome a new member to our podcasting group. His name is Mark, and joining me always is Aaron to my right and John to my left. And today, I want to talk about going past the sale. What does that mean, going past the sale? Now, I'd love to know what it means. Do you, have you ever heard that term before? I've never heard it before. What does that mean? Have you guys heard that term before, going I've, past the sale? I've heard of it. Because you edit the show and you hang out with me. But prior to hanging out with me, have you ever heard that term, going past the sale? I think I was familiar with it, yeah, before. Okay, what about you, Mark? I haven't heard the term, but have experienced it. I would appreciate an excruciatingly detailed explanation <laughs> of what that means, please. All right. So when you're in a conversation or a business transaction with somebody in a negotiation, there's usually something that you want. And you're trying to work towards getting that thing you want. Now, if you're a kid and you want a candy bar from your older brother and he has it, you kind of have to figure out a way to get it from him. So you use words usually, you try to convince them, I'll clean your room and I'll do this. So once you get what it is that you're looking for, if you continue to sell, you will then put in jeopardy the sale. So if he says, all right, if you clean my room, I'll give you a candy bar, but then I'll wash your thing and I'll wake you up in the morning and I'll take care of it. And it's like, no, 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 it's too much. And then eventually you can talk yourself out of the sale. Now, what prompted this conversation? I'm talking to a young person who's working with me. I won't name names. And uh, I've offered this person a position within the company. And rather than be excited about it, or maybe something happens, I don't know what the psychology is, but this person started asking me too many details and it started to give me, you know, the kind of second thoughts on whether or not I should have offered this position to this person. And that's what prompted this whole conversation. Now, I retraced my steps. This is not a term that I was aware of, but many, many years ago, over 10 years ago, I hired a business coach. And those of you guys that have followed me know that I've worked with a business coach for over 10 years. His name is Kier McLaren. And he taught me this idea. He says, you know what? If you're so into an idea of getting something, you can get caught up in the momentum of asking for it that once they say yes and you keep talking, you could totally screw it up. So he's like, once you get yes, just shut up. Just be quiet and be done with it. Now I'm going to give you guys some examples so those of you guys that are listening to this podcast can have some kind of point of reference and then I want to talk to all of you. All you meaning all the people at this table, okay? I love examples. Right. So I'll bounce around in terms of the timeline. This is not uh, in sequence here in real life. Um, one of you, one of the videos that we did that we're super proud of and really happy to have done and worked with is the band Coldplay. And I remember Matthew was working on an animation to present to them for the very first time. They had signed off on the concept. They had seen design frames, but this is the first time they're gonna get to see things moving. And it was done in chunks. It wasn't like from beginning to end, you can sit down and you can watch it. So the band saw it, and then we're waiting for Chris Martin to look at it and approve it. And so Matthew gets ready. He starts to play parts and pieces. And there, let's just say there's like half a dozen or more clips to watch. Somewhere three or four clips into it, Chris says, that's enough. And so everybody kind of sits back like nervous, waiting on his next words. He says, I love it. This is great. And we all kind of breathe like a heavy sigh of relief and we're all smiles and everything is great. And the producer in the room at that time hits it, but uh, don't you want to see the other clips? Mm. All right, so then I gave him the eyes. Mm. And I said, no, 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 Chris likes this. Chris Martin likes this. I don't think we need to show him anymore. And Chris didn't insist on seeing anymore at that point. And so we wrapped up the meeting, he left, and I pulled this producer aside and said, what are you doing? 
He already said yes. He loves it. What is the point of showing him more? If you show him more, what can he say that's better than yes? He could say something like, I don't like that shot. You know, actually, I, I changed my mind. Uh, I see a flaw now. I don't like the way it flows. It, and, and I have to think in his mind, he was just so excited and enthusiastic and wanted somebody to appreciate all the work that Matthew and the team had put into it. And maybe he, what, what else could he have wanted to hear, guys? I mean, what, mm. if that was you, and maybe you've been in this position before where you've put so much effort into something to impress someone, and you get the exact reaction you want, but they hadn't seen it all. My kids do this. Sometimes my friends do this. But when we're doing it in the business context, you can totally screw up the deal. Maybe he wants to say, like, you're the most amazing design team on earth. You're God's <laughs> gift to us. We are not worthy of you. Is he looking for that level of compliment? Somebody says, I love it. You walk away. Okay, so now you guys, I see some nets, uh, heads nodding here. So now you know kind of like what it means to go past the sale. I'm going to relate one more story. I was watching um, a YouTube video about Jordan Belfort. And if you don't know that name, Jordan Belfort is the real-life Wolf of Wall Street. Leo DiCaprio played him on, on the silver screen, but he, tell, he tells this story, okay? He's doing really well in life. He's got money. He wants to go and buy a car. So I may get the details wrong, but he goes to the Mercedes dealership, and he goes, I want to buy that S-Class. And the guy goes, okay. He's like, but did you see the way the seats recline, and it's like the leg room come, come around here, and it's this kind of engine. He kept telling him more and more about it, and he says, never mind. He leaves. Mm. Jordan wanted to buy a car. That's all he wanted to do. Okay? So he was fed up. All right, so Jordan goes to the BMW dealer and says, I want to buy that car. And the guy said, great, let's sign some paperwork. And he's thinking, great. So while he's sitting there working on the paperwork, he notices behind the salesperson is a picture of him and his kid in baseball. He says, oh, your kid likes baseball. And then the salesperson stops the process and starts telling him this story a long story about baseball how his kids done this and he's won that award and Jordan gets fed up and he leaves okay so he had the deal and he got distracted from the deal finally he goes to the Porsche dealership and he says I want that car and the guy said great sign the paperwork goes in and out in 10 minutes so who made the sale that day the Porsche dealer now I want to relate it back to what my boss not my boss my business advisor said he said like when you go to a meeting every meeting you should have an objective what is your objective? Do you want a second meeting? Do you want to talk about a job? Do you want to close the deal? Do you want to ask for a raise? What is it that you want? You have to have an objective. And when you go there and you talk and you build a conversation towards asking for that thing that you want, once you get it, you got to just shut up. You got to stop because you're going to go past the sale. It's an important concept and I can give you more and more examples, but maybe this is the moment where you guys talk to me like, how have you done this? How has this been done to you before? Maybe you were in an argument, a conversation, somebody wanted an apology. What is it? Let's talk about it. Who's up? I, I got one. Go ahead. Do it. Do it. So I was in college, my college days, and I met this girl as I was walking back to my dorm, and we were just talking. This is a PG show. I love where this is going. <laughs> it's a PG I show. Love Don't take it there. The problem with this story is that it stays very PG. Okay. Is that a problem? So then... We really, you know, hit it off, whatever, and then we hung out again, and then she just came back to my room, and then she's, like, sitting on my chair, and we're talking, and then 
it's time to go for the ask, I guess. What's the ask? Pull the trigger on the... What's the trigger? You know what I mean. What kind of bullets are you asking? You're, you're going for the ask, right? That's A-S-K? ask. Okay, good. That's even but, worse the way you said that. <laughs> but I ended up never doing it. I never... <laughs> I never did it. I never, like... You never did what? Ask? I just kept talking. Oh, you beating around the bush. You kept beating around the bush. bush. Mm. And, and then, yeah, and then it just kind of died out and then she left she, oh it's getting late whatever and she left and then i never saw her again okay so that's kind of i was thinking back to your story of the of the jordan belfort thing like maybe you're not sure if it's time if you got what you wanted you know what i mean like, okay I'm not sure we're talking about a couple different things here were you listening to the story we're talking about going past the sale if she said aaron let's go back to my place no and she let's was down that's why she came into my room she was expecting. No, no, no. I, I, I'm talking about it being out. explicit. Now, a lot Maybe of you guys, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just in case there are some college kids listening to this program, I don't want them to get the wrong idea. And young Aaron has a certain perspective. Where just because a girl goes back to your room is not an explicit like I want to do X with you. Okay, it's not. You might think it is, but it's not. You what have I'm to, talking you about. You have to go for the ask first. You have to ask. You have to ask, or you have to scaffold towards the ask. But this is that's a totally different topic, which we can get into. I'm just saying, when did somebody say yes to you, and you kept talking and talking, and then like, you know what? Never mind. That same story mm. could have been told. She could have come to you and said, you know what, Aaron? Let's go back to my place. And you're like, okay. And she's I mean, like, you want to you want to get you want to get down and freaky, and then you start asking too many questions, and then she's like, you know what? Never mind. Get out. You know what I mean? That's a different kind of thing. And we can talk about the ask. But right now I'm just talking about going past the sale. Has somebody like you, somebody you've witnessed, has something like that happened to you, any one of you guys? I've had a situation, uh, I have a background in sales, and uh, there was a situation where uh, we were uh, presenting to a client uh, a campaign. And when we presented this, we went with the high-level ideas and then uh, really explained the value that this client would get out of this campaign. But upon doing so, I think I overstepped uh, the, uh, you know, past the sale and kept on going about features. And I think at that point, um, I overconfused uh, our mm. clients. So they were left with more questions than feeling satisfied about the program that we were trying to sell them. So in that case, I think speaking more about the features beyond the sale and uh, after the point of, okay, we get it and we love it, uh, didn't make the sale. Anymore. That was classic. And, and you were just trying to be helpful. Trying to get them more information. That was classic. Going into features when they're ready to sign the dotted line. Yeah. You oversold. There's some, like, okay, so the, the question here is whether you're guilty of it or not, try to imagine that producer or that salesperson in the car dealership, what were they trying to do? Like in the Mercedes example, when he went to go and buy the Mercedes, why do they keep talking about it when he's like, I'm here to buy the car? What do you think that is? I have my theory. Would it be possible that they were trying to lead that conversation into an upsell? Like not just the car, but all the fancy little bonus features that it has? It could, but he, I think in the story he he, he you know he's the big time role. He's already gonna say, "Give me the most. I want the S class. Give it, give it to me." Yeah, that's true. He's not some golfer. He's a Wall Street guy. You know exactly. Like who would think Jordan Belfort's a golfer? What kind of idiot? <laughs> that? Stupid people would think Jordan Belfort's a golfer. But if you are, are you like so greedy 
The guy's gonna buy the S-Class, it's the easy sell you've ever had in your life, and now you wanna go on the upsell? Like, somebody else give me a theory before I tell you what I think happened. I mean, maybe he just didn't read the situation. He was all mm. caught up in him and his own thing, the salesman was, that he didn't see, oh, this guy's a wealthy guy. He's just trying to buy this car and get out of here and go do whatever it is rich people do. So let me just do that as quickly as possible. Give him all the features, the most expensive, everything. He didn't read that whole thing. Mark, what about you? I think there is some psychology behind it. Um, and I, I can speak to it uh, from personal experiences. Maybe it's I've prepared this you know, long pitch and I've been taught to sort of you know, talk about uh, the sale in a certain way. And if I didn't finish it, I have something left uh, on the table to, to give. And I think that might prompt some people to go beyond the sale. Okay. I think that's in line with what I'm thinking. As you were saying, I was like raising my finger in the air like, yes. Like, praise Jesus, yes. Here's my thought. Is there is a program in your mind, and you're like a trained dog, and you got to just go through this. And I'm sure this salesperson or any person in this position has figured out, like, these are the objections the client's going to give you. And this is how you overcome everyone. And once you're at this stage, you drag it out, and this is kind of brutal process of selling a person a car. They're trained. It's like a, a, a record with a deep set groove and it's not gonna go off that track. When a guy comes in and disrupts that, because that's a very rare occasion that somebody just walks in and is like, give me the most expensive one, I'm ready to go right now. So that's when you say cash or credit, whatever it is, mm. okay? And he was so stuck in the program of saying it, just like you were, you've been trained really well. And so you were like, I got to get to point eight and nine and part of your training didn't include if he says yes, you stop. Let's draft, let's drop the paperwork and let's get this thing on the road. Right. Done. And maybe some of it is ego, I have to say. Mm. Like you want to impress people, in this case, how knowledgeable you are about this car. Or it's about pride. Like I sell mm. the best cars and I need you to know how good it is. Is you, Jordan Belford, in this situation? Yeah. Okay. And I'm the salesperson. I cool. need you, Jordan, to know how great of a car this is. And, you know, did you know this was manufactured in Dusseldorf, Germany, and this, and it came off the belt, and this is the latest? It's like, do you really want it? So you, you make it about you and not the customer. And they already said yes. So two things to think about, and maybe we'll get to the ask here, okay? Two things to think about. Have a goal for every meeting. Know what it is that you want to get. What's the optimal outcome that you hope will have happen and when you get it just stop and I want to say this in, in you if you can't relate to what I'm saying because you're not out there selling maybe you don't have a lot of clients right now but think about this maybe you get into argument with a friend maybe it's over some kind of stupid sports thing or it could be a girlfriend and you want them to say right I'm sorry you're right and so you prepare this whole thing and there's a whole narrative that's built up in your brain this back and forth dialogue. And when you start to talk, every once in a while, they surprise you and said, you know what, you're right, I'm wrong, I'm sorry. I don't mean it like they say in a patronizing way, to, like you're a little child, but more like, you know what, you're right. And if you keep doing it, what happens? And this happens to me. People start saying something, and I said, you know what, you're, you're right. I, I wasn't thinking. And they keep talking, and they you know what going. happens? Mm. What happens? They keep going. They keep going, and you get angry. You're like, it's you know inertia. what? It is. It's like, you know what? Screw you, even though you're wrong. 
And you already said you're wrong and you're genuine. Like, screw you. Get out of my face. You're wrong and you've always been wrong. I don't even know why I hang out with you. And these things happen. So make sure you're cognizant of that when you're out there and start practicing. Think about what it is that you want. And when you get it, just stop. Question about that. So Go ahead. What are the cues that you're looking for? Obviously, yes, I want that, or you know, I'm, I'm sold. Uh, besides that, are there other uh, sort of cues that tell you you've made the sale? Are you, yeah, that's a good point. Are you able to look at a person, identify them, and know whether or not right off the bat they are interested or not in your product? Uh, no, but I know when they're not interested. Oh. Because their body language tells me that. Their eyes tell me that. Uh, the lack of engagement tells me that. Mm. Okay, so if I start talking too much, and I can tell, I'm looking at your eyes right now. I'm scanning you guys all the time. If I see Aaron looking down at the floor or check his iPhone or text message somebody <laughs> when we're doing this, I know that he's checking out. So I'm getting diminishing return on, on value here on my investment. And Aaron was sharing a story with me. I thought it was hilarious, but you're saying something about the gym and somebody with a towel or something like that. What's that story about? Ooh, oh yeah, gym towel story. I like it. <laughs> that, no, I, you got to give the Arnold on that. No, gym towel. Gym towel story. Towels the gym towel story. Excellent, excellent. Thank you. What was that one? Okay, yeah. So back to what you were saying. Like it sounds like the reason people go past the sale is because they're kind of caught up in their own issues in their own mind, and you're not really present to what's happening. You're not really right? present. So I was just thinking back to I can relate to that because. Sometimes I do this so many times a day that I just like imagine little scenarios that happen. Like for instance, I was at the gym this morning and I was changing into my stuff and I had all my stuff on the bench and this other guy comes in next to me to do his locker routine, whatever. And I just imagined that he, he pushed over my stuff. Imagined that he pushed over mm -hmm. my stuff. And then I got all upset. Like, what are you doing pushing my stuff, man? Like you have plenty of room. And then I pictured what he would say to me and what I would say to him. And this went on for like, I don't know how long, but then I kind of snapped back to reality. And then this is just, this happens a lot. Mm. You know, I, do you guys do that? or I do from time to time. Yeah. Things like that? Sure. Or even with like a girl, you, you walk by her and you don't talk to her, but you picture what would have happened you, if you did. Mm. Stuff like that. I'm sure everyone does that all the time. There's an alternate universe that exists where that gentleman does shove your stuff off the bench. Exactly. <laughs> alternate universe. Man. All right, you comic mm -hmm. dorks. Come on. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Get, getting back to reality here. No, I don't do that any of the time. Not all the time. <laughs> None of the time. We of the door community prefer the term geek. Thank you very much. All right, you geeks. I, I wanted to ask you a question that you mentioned something in a video. Yeah. I think you said it briefly just in passing that when you get home, you like to just go sit in a room and then you uh, what was it? compartmentalize. Compartmentalize or decompress. Things that happened in, in the Correct. day. Well, talk, tell me more about that. Okay. Before I get to that, uh, there's a therapist I can give you a phone number. You can talk to her. <laughs> mm. Or so there's medication for what you suffer from here. I'm telling you. When you say everybody does that, I'm not sure. And maybe people listening to our podcast will say, you know, that is me. And I identify with that. I hope so. And give really him a break. So. Give him a break. Now, there's active daydreaming. And that's cool. But the, here's the thing. When we're talking about being present, it means just to be here and not think about what happened yesterday and what's going to happen tomorrow. Because those things can depress you. Okay. It's all about like being in the moment, bro. Yeah. Right? So there was um, a lecture that I was watching. I, I forget who it was. But he had done this very simple experiment. He asked the audience, and it was a rather large group. He said, I'm going to tell you five facts. And I just want you to remember them. So it went something like this. Red. 
72 Chevrolet, you know, Coca-Cola or something else. And so he repeated it five times, right? So it's like, okay, you guys got it? Everyone's like, yes. So then he goes and tells them a story. And after completing the story, he asks some very basic story structure things. Like, what was the conflict about? What lesson did you learn from this? And the audience was dumbfounded. They couldn't say. Because they were busy focusing on what? Red. Those things. 72, 72. Chevrolet, Coca-Cola, and something else. Right. And so then the rest of it, they could not even hear. Now, luckily in real life, we don't have to take a test like this. But the weird thing is, when you're talking to somebody, especially somebody important to you, think to yourself, what am I thinking about right now? What am I trying to remember, recall? Or why am I not being here right now? Why are I not present at this moment? And that's what's happening. So let's take it back. Car dealership, Mercedes. Make sure you talk about the engine, the build quality, the warranty, the, the whatever it is, build the best for nothing else, you know? He's going through all these things because he knows he has to sell and he has to overcome these objections. So when Jordan says, I want to buy this car, where is he? He's talking about the engine. He's talking about the build quality, the, the best or nothing else tagline. He's thinking about all the things that he shouldn't be except for to be there. Now, we all talk about trying to connect with people, you know, like we don't connect anymore. That's the best way not to connect with somebody is to be in your own head, fantasizing about some perceived slight and dialogue that ensues that never happens. I know why you do it. Maybe as a kid I might have done it. It's time to like get past that phase, okay? If you're in a daydream, daydream about your future, about what you need to do to get your life together, to grow and to learn. But other than that, you gotta learn to be there, to be present and not go out past the sale. Okay, if there are no other thoughts, what is the thing that you were just talking about that I can address? Well, I was just thinking, because you were saying that you don't do that, where you kind of imagine daydream things that aren't really happening and that you're always kind of in the moment. Right? Is that kind of what you were saying? I said like during, oh, I know what you were saying. That's not what you were talking about, by the way, because <laughs> I was listening to you. You said when you go home, you want to decompress and compartmentalize and what's happening in my brain if there are any parallels with this possibly that's it's what a bit asking. of a fantasizing creating a world in your mind mm. type deal right no it's not well, and it's interesting because you fa- you fantasize about me having a fantasy <laughs> you know what i mean because I, I just didn't. picture you in like darth vader's kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> in the black sitting uh, there mm. egg <laughs> is that what i'm doing compartmentalizing compartmentalizing the no, Jedi's no, no. and taking all the <laughs> right. Okay, okay. Let's let's uh, finish up on this story and we'll wrap up the session today. What I was saying is, okay, as a business owner, we're dealing with lots of decisions every single day. All you do is make decisions. Should we go after this job? Shouldn't we? Is this person pulling their weight? Aren't they? Uh, are we moving in the right direction? Where are the uh, unseen, unforeseen threats coming from? So what I do is then I go home, and you know it can be kind of stressful. And what makes it stressful is we're in a creative business and, and it's not always easy to do creative things amongst a lot of creative people. So many different personalities. So I got I got to go home and kind of hit the reset button so I can go and do this again the next day. Otherwise, this stuff eats you up inside. So oftentimes, what I'll do, sit on the couch, turn on the TV, and I don't even care what it is. Of course, I have some kind of DVR thing, so I'm playing and I'm just sitting there. I might be reading or thumbing through a magazine while the TV's on. And this is my way, it's like white noise for my brain. Mm. I want it to empty. 
I want like it's form of self-hypnosis just so that these stress levels go down to zero the cortisol go down it's just so I can be in a state of just being there now my wife didn't understand this at the beginning so she's like why you've had that's trash TV this is stupid this is like can't you be doing but I'm like you know you're you're kind of messing it up for me and she didn't understand or then she would do one better she would say tell me about your day we don't connect anymore. So then I would tell her about the transgressions that, like, can you believe this designer didn't do this? And she's like, how much did you pay them? I'm like, oh my God, get rid of them. So she was amping up the stress level when I was trying to bring it down. And that's all that was happening. Thankfully, once I explained it to her and she kind of stood aside and she's like, okay, I get it. Because she often says to me, you know, because she'll deal with some stressful things. Like we're talking about little stressful things and she's all bent out of shape. And then she hears what I had to deal with from time to time. And she goes, how do you deal with all that stress? Well, that's one way I deal with it. Is you have to go through that detoxification process and to decompress. It doesn't look like much from the outside, but that's what's happening. And like I said, it's white noise. There is no me sitting there fantasizing. It's not Darth well, Vader. Well, I hear I hear what you say, but the you, you use the word compartmentalized. Yeah, you put things into little parts and pieces. Like, it sounded this like... is a work thing. So I'm going to put in a work thing because now I'm at home. I'm going to start to put these things in little boxes. Men tend to do these kinds of things. We you have little that, boxes, yeah. right? Yeah. I watched a, a, you know, this, this comedian talk about how men compartmentalize everything. We put everything in little boxes, and we put those boxes in the attic. Don't make me go and take that out and open it up. So that's what's going on in your head. You're putting the stress of your work in a box, and you put it up in the attic, and then you're like, okay, TV. That's right. Deal with it later. That's why Deal I think. That's why I think sometimes, um, in some situations, men are, are capable of like putting on a hat, and when that when that specific task is done, they take off the hat, and then they become like the gentle father. You know, it's like I got to go and beat up uh, punks on the street every single day because I'm a cop and whatever, right? The scum of humanity. And then they take off the hat, and they're the kindest, gentlest person, and they're taking care of like an abandoned dog, and they're able to switch hats back and forth. And I can change gears pretty fast. Really, it just, I just, I didn't even want to think. It's just about not thinking. It's like a That's, form of meditation. Not, it is form of meditation. It really is. But I'm not sitting there in my yoga shorts and, you know, sudden salutation or downward dog. I'm just sitting on a couch. It doesn't look like much. Maybe if I had like incense burning and my hands spread and deep breathing and eyes closed in a darkened room with some, um. some ambient music going. You know, natural sounds. Ooh. Maybe then it would be clear, but I don't need all that. I could just sit there and be, do my thing. All right. I think that's it. We're going to wrap up this session of the podcast. Once again, I'm Chris. I'm John. I'm Mark. I'm Aaron. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks for tuning in and listening to us and spending a part of your day with me. Really appreciate it. And I want to talk a little bit about how we're able to do this. So the future is made possible by some of our lovely sponsors and partners, one of which is Pond5.com. If you guys need to get some stock footage, After Effects presets, Pond5 is the place to go. And the future is also made possible by Matthew Encina, Greg Gunn, Scott Rothstein, Nicole Wasserman, and the entire blind staff, which I would not be able to do fun stuff like this and spend the day with you without their support because they run the business for me. The man behind the scene, the man with the plan, Aaron Zakelli, 
He's responsible for recording this, engineering it, doing the sound design, the editing. He pretty much makes this podcast possible. You can find him online as well. And of course, I have to thank Adam Sanborn, the person who composed and wrote the piece of music that you're listening to. You can find him at adamsanborn.com. 